Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Welcome to this episode of Relatable Finance. I'm your co-host, Joseph Carl, Chief Investment Strategist with Provenance Wealth Advisors, located here in sunny South Florida. We have a special guest today, Michael Udine, Broward County Vice Mayor and former Mayor of Parkland. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, always great to speak to uh, local business people and to uh, local financial professionals to discuss uh, and talk about the great things that are happening in Broward County in South Florida. So I appreciate you reaching out and I appreciate you allowing me to participate. Awesome. Thank you so much. So to start off, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself, your background? I know from following you on Twitter that you're a proud husband and father, big Florida Gators fan. What did life look like prior to holding office and what made you want to serve our community? So, um, yeah, I have three wonderful kids. I have a great wife. Uh, I have a busy law practice up in Northwest Broward County. Uh, in 2003, um, I was, you know, a, a younger guy living in Parkland with young kids and they were building a school out there. And one of my friends whose kids were school age at the time, my kids were a little younger, said they're, you know, they're really not communicating properly with the parents and the school was going to open in October and then it got pushed back and who opens a school in October anyway, shouldn't a school open up, you know, when the school's supposed to start. So uh, I was joking around with a friend of mine and he said, why don't you run for, you know, if you don't run for office, I'm going to run for office. So I ran for city commission in Parkland, beat a longtime incumbent and the rest has been history and it's been you know, coming on 20 years now is serving the community. Uh, I believe in local government. I like mixing it up with the people that I serve with and that I represent. I enjoy bumping into the people in publics. I enjoy hearing from people. You can see from social media, I'm pretty much out there. I I respond to people. I uh, take the the criticism as well as the praise and, and, and I try to work with whoever I can to do what I think is right. Uh, to make uh, South Florida better. Well, that's a great story. And thank you for serving our community. We uh, appreciate everything that you do. For those of us who don't know, what duties and responsibilities are you responsible for as Vice Mayor of Broward County and District District 3? And what does a typical day look like for you? Broward County has nine county commissioners divided up geographically throughout the county. I'm District 3, which is the northwest part of the county. Of the nine of us, we select a mayor and vice mayor each year. We, we rotate basically amongst ourselves. That's the way that our charter works. Our county, we set the policy as county commission, but the day-to-day operation is run by a professional county administrator and county staff. We have a huge staff in Broward County. We're one of the largest employers in Broward County. We run an airport, one of the busiest airports in the country. I always tell people, I think Fort Lauderdale Airport just passed LaGuardia Airport in the last you know year or so as far as traffic, and people usually get a kick out of that because you know so many people are from the Northeast. So we're bigger than LaGuardia, um, and, and at FLL, we also run the port. Uh, Port Everglades is one of our big economic engines in South Florida. If you drive a car and you put oil or petroleum or gas in that car, and you live south of Orlando, you have dealings with our port because all the gas and and oil, you know, that comes into South Florida comes in through our Port Everglades, one of the busiest ports in the country. We obviously have a cruise, cargo, and petroleum are the big three there. We, uh, you know, we're we're responsible for the, you know, a lot of the county roads. We're responsible for the library system, for Broward County Transit, for a lot of, you know, human services. So 
the county commission is a big undertaking. I think if we were a state, if Broward County was its own state, I think we would be bigger than 14 states in the union. So we, we're pretty big in Broward County. We have, I guess, a little bit over 2 million residents. And uh, we run the day-to-day policy of Broward County. It keeps me pretty busy. You know, I'm also, most of us all have day jobs as well for other jobs, but it's almost like working two full-time jobs and, you know, between my day job and, and what I do for the county, but it's something I enjoy. I like it. I have a lot of energy. I, I believe in the motto. If you want somebody to do something, give something to a busy person and they can kind of get things done. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Absolutely. Well, great story. Lots of moving parts and uh, we're thankful to have you. Uh, you know, kind of moving on to something that we're all had to deal with. COVID-19 has prevented, presented us all with challenges. How did things change during the pandemic and how have they evolved to where we are today? I mean, it has been some 18 months and it's just been a, it's just kind of been a grind. And every time we think we're getting near the end of it, we kind of get another little bit of a body blow. I think most people are, are, are tired of this already. Um, there's a lot of quote unquote COVID fatigue and fatigue of just having to deal with this. Um, you know, there were so many challenges, you know, pretty much moving to a lot of remote stuff. Um, but those also led to opportunities. There are a lot of professions and a lot of businesses and a lot of people who've enjoyed the ability to do the remote in a way. I've kind of liked the hybrid opportunity where, um, you know, normally if we were probably doing this, we would probably meet in person. We'd both drive somewhere. We'd sit somewhere. We'd spend an hour driving to the event. We do the event. We'd spend an hour driving from the event. And there's a lot of downtime here. It's it's easy. We're we're up and running. We're ready to go. So, I think that there's been challenges. There's been opportunities. And I try to tell my children during this time: just make the most of the time that you have. Every day is is important to keep moving forward and keep doing what you have to do to move forward. You're not going to be able to control all the curveballs that are thrown at you in life, but you got to kind of deal with them. And, uh, you know, that's what I try to do. Certainly uh, a a lot of challenges over the past 18 months, but uh, we have a bright future here in Broward County. Um, And as many are aware, Broward County is growing rapidly. Can you share with us just how much Broward County has grown, some of the initiatives you are working on, and is that really top of mind in your area? Broward County is growing a lot. There's a lot of people coming up from, you know, different areas of the country. They're coming down, especially during COVID, that's kind of accelerated people moving to South South Florida. They figure if you're going to work remotely, if you're going to work from home, you might as well live in a place where you can look out at the water, you can get on your boat on the weekend, you can do that. We also have a large Caribbean and immigrant population that are coming in. So Broward County is, is really growing a lot. And If you look at us geographically, we're kind of landlocked. I mean, we have the ocean on one side, the Everglades on the other, and and then we have the county line. So it's hard for us to to actually physically grow, but we're adding a lot of people. It leads to a lot of challenges. And these are things that we work on all the time on the county commission. First and foremost right now is affordable housing. There needs to be affordable places for people to live. And that's across the entire spectrum. I mean, you, you know, if you're a, from the lowest end to the, to the moderate end, you need to be able to, 
have a place for your workforce and for your population to live. That's been a huge challenge. Um, it's expensive. We all see what's going on with the housing market. It just seems so discombobulated right now with supply and demand imbalances, but that's an important thing. Also transportation. Now the last year and a half, that issue has been a little bit easier because there hasn't been as much traffic. There hasn't been as many people on the road, but actually building new roads and building uh, out infrastructure, uh, mass transit. We passed the penny tax in Broward a couple of years ago to allow for dollars to be spent to build out transportation. Actually, the voters voted it. They voted on themselves a new tax to pay for better transportation, showing you how important that issue is. And, and then economic development and bringing good jobs into Broward County is also key to keep everybody moving forward. Education, we have to continue to do what we can to be a desirable place to live. That's our Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, bringing in tourism, keeping it cool. You see Fat Village, different places opening down by Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, uh, you know, different areas throughout the county. And, and all of that is contributing to the growth, challenges and opportunities. I mean, if you went business wise and did a SWAT thing, you would see the different different la layers of, of opportunities that we have to take advantage of some of this. One of the areas I know you do a lot of work in is attracting businesses to South Florida and Broward County. And this is in collaboration with Miami and West Palm Beach. Can you elaborate a bit on the nature of this relationship between the different counties and how you work together in attracting companies to South Florida? People want to be in South Florida. And the only people who really know where the boundaries are are people that aren't in South, you know, the people that are here, the people that aren't in South Florida, they have no idea where any of these boundaries are. They really don't know, you know, they say they're coming to Miami and they may be moving their company to Miramar. It's just they're in South Florida. You know, Miami sometimes takes the, the sizzle of the name, but really it's all of South Florida. The Broward, um, the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, there are business incubators in Broward, they're out there doing business retention, getting companies to move here. I meet with them all the time. They work collaboratively with their counterparts in Miami-Dade, the Beacon Council, and in Palm Beach County, they have their own business development group. Uh, I work with Mayor Suarez a lot in Miami and, and elected officials in Palm Beach County. The goal is to show South Florida as a desirable place to bring your business. Tech companies are coming here now. You know, between the different universities that we have in South Florida, we graduate a lot of engineers. We graduate a lot of people that can work in these tech companies. We have a diverse population, a diverse workforce. We're the gateway to Latin America. We have the airport, the seaport. You have Miami Airport, Palm Beach County, all their seaports. South Florida has a lot to offer. You saw when Amazon was looking for their HQ2, where they were going to build their second headquarters. We jointly, the three counties, worked together to come up with a proposal, and we made the finals. And, and we were very close to being selected uh, by Amazon for, for the headquarters. Just making the finals was a, was a big accomplishment for the region. Brightline will open back up again. I personally use Brightline a lot. It's fun. You can get down you know, between the three counties, simple, without having to drive. So we need to keep doing the things to sell the whole area. And, and luckily we have great professionals that are doing that. Yeah, a lot of great things to attract a lot of people here to South Florida. Yep. We've seen a significant shift 
to even more companies wanting to move to South Florida as a result of the pandemic. Do you feel like this was just an acceleration of what was going to happen anyway? Or has the pandemic, the ability to work remote, et cetera, made South Florida even more attractive than it was before? Um, I think people have always wanted to move down here. I think you've always seen in the past, we got our share of retirees and families moving down here. But I think the pandemic, I think the explosion of the tech in Miami, I think has really jump-started uh, something and, and pushed a trend forward. You know, we're seeing it with other areas around the country, Nashville, Denver, different places where which are desirable to live. People want to live. And I, I think that the pandemic accelerated that, but I think we're doing a good job in showing, you know, you're in the business community. You can, you can, you're here, you're working, you can do your wealth advisory business just as easily from South Florida as from Wall Street. And you can do it in a way that when you leave your office at 430, you know, you can be on the golf course or the tennis court when you're done. So we, we do offer a lot of that. And, and I think that that's going to continue. And we just got to make sure as policymakers that we're doing the right thing as far as transportation, housing, and business development to keep this area desirable for companies to want to be here. Great. When, when you go out and you try to attract companies to move to South Florida, are there specific types of companies that you're trying to attract or are you willing to assist really any company that wants to move to South Florida? You know, look, any company that wants to move to South Florida is really something that we would like to, you know, try and encourage. But our Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, if you go on their website, lifelesstaxing.com, and it's a, it's a nice uh thing that they they promote you know when you live in south florida you you automatically if you come from some high tax areas you automatically save some money but they do have targeted industries that they're looking at aviation we're big aviation down in south florida and the maritime industry broward county is huge in the maritime there's a lot of jobs that come out of servicing these big boats and and all things related to maritime we're big in medical technology with all the different hospitals and and you know, you have Nova and you have FAU and, and, and different type of places. Med tech is good, but, you, but there are targeted industries that they look at, financial services. All of that are, are places where we can show where being in South Florida is a competitive advantage for a company. And our Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance always welcomes the opportunity to be able to do that. We've also now, you know, gotten into the game with uh, startup incubators. Nova Southeastern University and Broward County has partnered with the uh, Allen Levan uh, South Florida Innovation Academy, which is really going to be a place where these small businesses can start in a collegial setting. They have access to, you know, the law school, the medical school, teamwork, uh, facilities, anything that you can think of. And they're able to scale up, kind of modeled after the FAU tech runway. And there have been some major companies that have come out of that in Broward and Palm Beach County, modernizing medicine, different companies that, that trade on the New York Stock Exchange. We've now gone in the past where we only had one or two major type of major companies in South Florida to now where it's almost, you know, the list is growing. And as you build, they kind of build on each other. Ultimate Software became a huge you know, tech company that, you know, took an exit with Kronos Group and they merged together. They're still here. You got Chewy, you got uh, Citrix. The list goes on and on of different, you know, modernizing. The list goes on and on of different tech companies that have started as small companies here and that have really grown to be major 
S&P 500 type companies. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, do we have an idea of the economic impact of attracting these new businesses? I'm sure this is challenging, but um, and Broward's been growing for quite some time, but we have an idea of the amount of jobs, wage growth, tax revenue, et cetera. And does bringing these companies down here ultimately provide a better environment for new businesses to start and grow in Fo South Florida organically? The answer is to your last part is yes. As more of these businesses come here, there's so many ancillary businesses and jobs that are created off of that, that it feeds in itself. And it's like a multiplier effect. If a new company comes here, they need new cleaning companies, they need new service companies, whatever it is. So that, that all uh, feeds off of itself. Our Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance keeps track of those numbers. You can look on their website and you can see the different economic impact of different businesses and different industries in South Florida. So there is a return that we look for when we bring these businesses here. They do have measurable benchmarks that they go through. I don't have all of them offhand, but you can look on their website and they do have those. Uh, and it's a big win when we get these bigger companies and, and, and medium-sized companies to come in Broward. It's good for the local business. Jobs increase, ancillary businesses lead to more jobs, and we have the multiplier effect. Switching gears for a moment, something that continues to garner a lot of attention and perhaps even more so here in South Florida is cryptocurrencies and their potential use. The technology behind cryptocurrencies is certainly there. What are your views on cryptocurrencies and how do you see them playing out in the broader economy? I'm, I'm interested in the crypto. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I follow it. I have some you know, small personal investments. I like crypto. I, I see the need for it. I, I like the technology behind the blockchain and, and, and looking how that works. I think there's a lot of applications to it. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Miami actually went a step further. They're, they're looking at different applications that they can use government-wise with crypto. I kind of looked at that in the Broward Commission. I asked our commission to do that. We're having different people research it now, but that's in, in the early stages. But I think crypto is here to stay. Uh, I think it provides a lot of jobs. It's funny, I went to the Miami Bitcoin conference. You know, I met Mayor Suarez down there and a lot of the leadership there. That week when the Bitcoin conference was here, there were billboards all over, you know, advertising different things. There were events, there were conventions, there were dollars that were flowing into local coffers. And I think that it's pretty cool. And I think it's always cool to embrace new technology. Um, you know, Miami went a step further. They have the Miami coin now. I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. But I think that the crypto is here to stay. I, I think I read an article recently that 13% of the, you know, investable population is dabbling some in some form of crypto. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're seeing more and more of the big boys get into crypto. And, and it's almost like, you know, I'm old enough to remember 20, 25 years ago when the Apple iPhone didn't exist. And now you have the iPhone and just look at all the industries that have spawned just off the iPhone. I mean, if there's no iPhone, there's no Uber, let's say, for example. That's, I think that's the same thing we're seeing in the early stages with Bitcoin. It's an interesting dynamic and certainly something that the government at least seems willing to explore to see what type of growth can come from that and innovation. Uh, given your relationship with local business owners, does that discussion come up frequently? And what are the broader views on crypto within the business community? You know, I guess it's like anything else. New technology is a lot. Many people are skeptical. I don't really hear that much from the local businesses on that. I mean, I don't think we're at a point right now where you, they're accepting crypto for a lot of things, although some are starting to do that. And with now with some of these credit cards, 
that are out there that are backed by the crypto. I think more and more businesses and industries will start looking into that. I mean, we read about different ones all the time, but I think that there's a skepticism there and rightfully so. It's an, it's a new technology. Early movers usually get rewarded the fastest, but along the chain, you know, you didn't have to be the first investor in Apple to make a lot of money. You've made a lot all along the way. So I think that it's, uh, it's something that is, should be on everybody's radar screen. I mean, you read about the stories all the time. The person that's selling the multi-million dollar house and accepts crypto for it, you know, I guess he's happy. The first pizza that was bought with crypto, I think, you know, that started it all off. So we'll see. It's interesting. Interesting dynamic for sure. As an elected official, you government needs tax revenue to meet their annual spending. Tax revenue is collected in dollars. Do you feel in any way that cryptocurrencies can or could create challenges in that effort? And also, what is a broader perspective within government on cryptocurrencies and how they see cryptocurrencies merging with the dollar into everyday life? I think that right now, I don't think, you know, we obviously, we don't take cryptocurrency in Broward County for any permits or tax stuff. But, you know, they also used to not take credit cards to pay your property taxes. And now you, you can use your credit card to pay property taxes and you pay the 3% fee that the card charges you. I think in the future that, you know, some of these credit cards will be backed by Bitcoin and, and it will be seamless to the end user. There'll be an intermediary. And I'm talking in the future that will figure out a way to monetize this quick enough for people to use. I, I just think it's important to keep our eyes on this and to stay open to different possibilities. Look, Miami-Dade, where the heat play, it used to be called the American Airlines Arena. Now it's called the FX Currency Arena cryptocurrency company sponsored the whole thing. I heard they paid upward of $100 million that now will be used uh, within the community of Miami-Dade to help those residents and citizens out. Absolutely. Interesting uh, dynamics at play within that, and and will be interesting to see where things go from here. But moving on to kind of a broader question, and we all know that there are many factors at play here, but where do you see Broward County in, say, 10, 20 years? What areas do we need to work on to reach our full potential? And what are the challenges we'll have along the way? Hopefully, Broward County in 10 to 20 years will be a place which is a diverse, inclusive economy where everyone has a chance to succeed. We have great people within our county and the environmental department that are talking about resiliency. We have some of the most foremost experts working on it. We need to make sure that we do things right with respect to transportation, with respect to affordable housing, because we don't want to price everybody out of this market. And we need to make sure that everybody is able, that we have an inclusive economy where people can work hard and they can succeed. I think that's the key to it. We need to keep our education facilities strong. We need to get our people educated, get them working and being productive members of society and making sure that there's opportunities for all. And I think we're on our way to doing that. I think we need to keep working hard, but I think South Florida is has a lot of opportunities and a lot of benefits. People wanna be here. We just gotta make sure that we keep doing the right things. Vice Mayor Udine, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing these incredible insights. What interesting times we've seen over the past 18 months or so. And while these are challenging times, the future looks bright, particularly here in South Florida. Thanks in parts to your efforts and leadership here in the community. I've really enjoyed our conversation today and look forward to seeing your post on social media, sharing further updates on the community. Broward County appreciates everything that you do. 
and I would encourage our listeners to do so. It's incredible insights and it feels great to be connected with your community. So thankful to have such a great leader like yourself. Thank you for turning in to this episode of Relatable Finance. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at provwealth.com and follow us on Twitter at Finance Podcast. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision. and does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.